Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. I've talked about this question in general before, but it varies wildly from state to state as to what the answer is. But it's fun to talk about the variations. And the question, of course, is this. If you own a piece of property over which a river flows, so you got a piece of property and a river flows across it, is someone else allowed to come along and kayak or canoe down your river without your permission? Or can somebody walk on the river bottom so long as they stay in the water? Are they allowed to do that? And the answers to those questions vary from state to state. And some states will say yes to one, but not to the other. Some states will say that not only are you allowed to canoe or kayak down the river, but if you come to an obstruction, you're allowed to actually step onto the private property to get around the obstruction so long as you do it without damaging the property you're on and you do it as quickly as possible. So you you can't pull over and have a picnic and then put your canoe back in the water, but you can get out, get around the obstacle and get going again. So the question is, in your state, what is the answer? Some states, it's not that clear because it's never been considered settled law. And I've met people who insist on certain things being true that are not in the field of law. And quite often, there is no answer. Or if there is an answer, people get it wrong. So let me tell you right now that the Colorado Supreme Court just weighed in on one. A whole bunch of people sent this to me. And several said, by the way, Steve, you've talked about this before in different states. But Colorado... The Colorado Supreme Court has ended a long river access dispute by ruling that a fisherman has no standing to file a lawsuit in an attempt to get this question answered. So it doesn't actually completely settle the issue the way people would like it to. So by the way, and I've mentioned this before, it's a pet peeve of mine and a lot of people's, is that Supreme Courts will often be presented with a question and go, oh, on a technicality, we can't answer that. People go, yeah, but if there was no technicality, couldn't you answer it? Oh, yeah, we could. Shouldn't you? Well, we don't like to answer questions that aren't before us. Well, no, it's before you. It's right in front of you. It's right there. Well, but there's a technical issue with this one. So someone's got to bring it back up, and that takes years. So... They've ruled that the fisherman had no right to bring the case. He had no standing in the right to wade argument. So the question is, in Colorado, do you have the right to wade in a stream that's entirely on someone else's property? That was the question. So this man who is the plaintiff in this lawsuit sued a landowner, arguing that the river he was in was navigable, And because it was navigable at statehood in 1876, that the riverbed was then public property open for anglers who were wading. So the guy said, look, I believe this is the case. So he was out wading and fishing one day in the Arkansas River, which for some reason goes through Colorado. (laughs) And a landowner started throwing rocks at him. Literally, a landowner was throwing rocks at him. So the fisherman sued arguing the river was navigable when Colorado became a state in 1876 and therefore was public property and was open for fishing and wading. So the lawsuit threatened to change decades of arguments and agreements that people have had regarding public access on the state's rivers and streams. The Colorado Supreme Court this week told the fisherman he's out of luck. The state's highest court on Monday ruled that the guy 
had no legal standing to argue the state's rivers were public property if they were navigated prior to uh, or leading back to statehood. So his case produced hundreds of pages of briefings, amicus briefs and so on, in the Colorado Supreme Court with the Colorado Attorney General, recreational user groups, landowner advocates, environmental lawyers, and state water guardians all weighing in with perspectives on Colorado's public access rules around rivers, which are quite unclear. Those groups charged that their arguments with perspectives on the public trust doctrine, uh, and they said that the public has rights to natural resources, including air, running water, the sea, and its shore, and the equal footing doctrine that states joining the U.S. gained title to riverbeds in waterways that were navigable. And the state argued that lawmakers, not a solitary fisherman, should be in charge of deciding access to rivers. And so the Colorado Supreme Court said all these subjects are ultimately irrelevant. Rather, this case requires us to answer just one question, whether the man who filed this lawsuit has a legally protected interest that affords him standing to pursue his claim for a declaratory judgment that a river segment was navigable for title at statehood and belongs to the state. And the court said he does not. So, guy's out fishing, and he believes he's allowed to do this, standing in a river that flows across someone else's property. The landowner comes out and goes, get off my property. The guy goes, I'm not on your property. I'm in the river. The river belongs to the state. The landowner starts throwing rocks at him, so the guy leaves. But when he leaves, he goes and files a lawsuit and says, I want a declaratory judgment from the court telling us that that river bottom is state land and that I've got the right to fish on it. it. Works its way up to the Colorado Supreme Court. The Colorado Supreme Court goes, well, it's an interesting question, but it's not a question that you're allowed to bring. The state could bring this action and say, we want a declaratory judgment that we own the river bottom. But the man who's fishing says, in essence, that he wants a declaratory judgment that someone else owns the river bottom and someone else is the state of Colorado. Now, I know a lot of people say, Steve, if I live in Colorado... I am actually a part of the state. I mean, the state, let's face it, it's not just a square on the ground with letters written across it on a globe. The state is comprised of its people. So if I'm one of the people in Colorado, am I not part of the state? And the court's saying, well, that's okay, but the state actually acts through its elected officials. So the governor could direct somebody in the executive branch to file this suit. The legislature could ask this question. But one guy filing a lawsuit saying, I want a declaratory judgment that in essence will benefit the state, the Supreme Court is saying, well, that really needs to be done by the state. And so we get back to the question I said earlier where everyone's looking at this going, yeah, but couldn't you answer the question? It's right in front of you. Well, it hasn't been brought by the people who are the ones withstanding. And now that rule might appear to be kind of dumb, except that you don't want cases brought by people who don't have an interest in them generally. Okay. So if someone could bring an action to get a declaratory judgment for somebody else, 
Well, then somebody could come along and get a declaratory judgment for you. And you'd be like, wait, wait, what? No, I don't want you doing that on my behalf. So it makes sense that this rule exists. But I think a lot of people are going to say, but if everyone was there at the table, or in court, figuratively speaking, why couldn't the court say, okay, this guy filed the action. But right now, we appear to have everyone in front of us, the attorney generals and the DNRs and the very, everyone else is here. Why don't we settle this question? But they didn't do that. So the lawsuit argued that if a river was used for commerce in 1876 and the riverbed was state property and open to waiting. But the problem is that argument went against a Colorado Supreme Court decision from 1979 that concluded that while water may be public, the public could not float through private property. A Colorado Attorney General opinion a couple years later said that rafters and kayakers could pass through private property, but they couldn't touch the riverbed or the shore. So again, I mentioned some states will let you get off and go around obstacles in the shore. Apparently, you couldn't do that in Colorado, technically speaking. So since the 1980s, access disputes on the state's rivers involved recreational users and landowners meeting and hammering out agreements that typically aligned with that opinion. A trial court had dismissed this man's claims, but the Colorado Court of Appeals had revived it last year, which opened the door for the Supreme Court to possibly resolve the issue. The appeals court dismissed, though, one of the man's claims that he is a member of the public had ownership of the riverbed. So the one argument I raised earlier, they said, that doesn't work. That's not how it works. But the appeals court also reversed one of the trial court decisions and allowed the man to argue that he had a right to wade and fish in the river because the river was navigable at statehood and therefore property of the state. And I can tell you that navigable waterways actually pops up in a lot of states. In Michigan, they often talk about that as being the distinction about what kind of a river you're looking at. Was the river navigable at statehood? And what they used to measure that, at least in the old days they did, was whether or not it was used for logging purposes. Could you float logs down it? So I know somebody owns a piece of property in northern Michigan that's got a creek on it. And there ain't no way they ever floated logs down that creek. So that man's creek is not navigable in that sense. But the weird part is that they say, well, technically speaking, it's not whether you can float a log down it today. Could they back in 1837? And some of these things have changed because rivers have been dammed and so on. But the Colorado Attorney General asked the Supreme Court to take up this case, noting that no river within Colorado has ever been deemed navigable at statehood when all riverbeds remain property of the federal government. Since 1876, the federal government has distributed non-navigable riverbeds to landowners. To upend this nearly 150-year practice would require a comprehensive process involving lawmakers, the AG argued, not just one fisherman suing for access. So it's possible that now that this matters in the headlines, that the legislature could pick, you know, pick it up and fix it. I'm <laughs> just joking. Meanwhile, he told the high court that a decision that agreed Colorado rivers were navigable at statehood could have monumental consequences for water rights in Colorado and could lead to significant litigation challenging existing property rights. So, in case you're curious, when someone sues for damages, they have to prove both an injury and a legally protected right. A declaratory judgment can recognize those rights if the person suing proves they have a legal basis to sue. 
the high court here found that the man did not have that legal basis. So as of right now, that man is back at square one. And the Colorado Supreme Court has said, no, you do not have the right in Colorado to wade in a river that crosses someone else's property. And likewise, it appears that the uh, kayaking and the canoeing is still okay so long as you don't touch the river bottom. And so that's what they're basically saying is that the state might own the water that passes through the river, but the person's property, where it's dry, they own. Where it goes underneath the river, they own that too. Where it comes out the other side and continues, they own that. So because they own all this property, you cannot just simply walk around on a portion of it simply because it's underwater. So that's the Colorado Supreme Court. Okay, I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. And one of the things I got to tell you, I did the video recently about Walmart and the receipt checkers. And I had a bunch of people get mad at me and send me notes about how bad the law is to allow that to happen. And therefore, I am wrong for making a video. And I generally tell people like that. And I say, well, I'm an attorney. I've been practicing law for 32 years. People don't come into my office and talk to me and ask me to tell them nice things about how things could be. They come to my office and they say, Steve, here's my situation. Legally, what can you tell me? So I explain to them what the law is. And so it's my job to explain what the law is. Now, I'm not giving legal advice in these videos, but I am describing the law. If you don't like the law, don't blame me. Okay, I certainly had nothing to do with navigable rivers in Colorado in 1876. And so my job is to explain what the law is. And if you're in Colorado and you don't like this ruling, there's a real simple answer. And that is call up your legislator and complain. And say, I understand there was a law that was being examined by the Colorado Supreme Court, but they didn't look at it on its merits because of, they said the guy bringing it had no standing to do so. And they suggested the legislature could fix it. I think you ought to fix it. Why don't you and your buddies up there in, in the Capitol, why don't you guys get together and try to fix it? So that's how this could be fixed. Whether that happens or not, we don't know. Because there's powerful interests on both sides of this, by the way. So if you were a landowner and you owned a ton of land with rivers on it, you might go, I don't want that to get broadened where people can wade around on my property so long as they stay in the riverbed. On the other hand, there's huge organizations back, you know, backing people who hunt and fish, and they're going to be on the side saying, no, we want to open these rivers up for more fishing. So there's going to be a fight there, I'm sure. But again, this is simply me telling you what the law is, and I'm telling it to you because that's what the Colorado Supreme Court just said it is. So don't blame the messenger. <laughs> Stories from the ColoradoSun.com. Colorado Supreme Court ends long river access dispute by ruling that Fisherman has no standing in his right to wade argument. Questions or comments, put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. Necessity is the mother of invention, laziness is its father.